1: Week 10 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. Big show today. Jordan Chariton, formerly of the Young Turks, joins me. We're going to talk. He's a big Bernie supporter. Um, He has a website called Status Coup. Uh, Jordan and I go way back. Jordan used to be a producer over at Fox News. That's where I first met him. Uh, But he's a big-time liberal uh, to the left of me. In a lot of ways, but a good guy, young guy, millennial, Um, and he joins me today. And of course, we're going to talk about the president and his willingness to take help from foreign powers to win an election. I, I don't know what it's going to take to get people off this guy's bandwagon, but man, it just seems like every day he proves, you know, how much it's all about him and the country be damned. So here we go. Week 10. Here we go.
0: We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity.
1: You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time. All right, it's getting late early, America. I don't know what else to say. I mean, uh... once again, Donald Trump shows the world exactly who he is. It's a wonder when the world is going to believe it, as Maya Angelou said. I mean, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And the president of the United States, in an interview with George Stephanopoulos, it wasn't a gotcha question. The question was... If you were offered dirt on your opponent by a foreign national or foreign nation, would you accept it? And the president responded as if he was a mob boss. He didn't respond as if he was the president of the United States here to protect the republic. I mean, it's an easy question. He could have said no. Instead, he says, of course I take it. He didn't say of course. He said he went through this whole rigmarole about Call the FBI. I've seen a lot of things in my life. I've never call, called the FBI, which, by the way, we know is not true because he cooperated with the FBI back in the eighties in a racketeering prop, uh, scandal. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things in my life, and uh, I've never called the FBI. That's not the way things work. And then he tries to clean it up by saying, "Oh, I'm on the phone with world leaders every single day. I don't call the FBI on the world leaders I talk to." No, Mr. President. We know the difference between actual national foreign policy and international foreign policy and someone trying to meddle into our election. And the the chairwoman of the Federal Elections Commission had to come out the next day and make it very clear that accepting information about your opponent from a foreign power is illegal, period, period. And I hear these guys talking about rule of law, rule of law. How can we let immigrants come into this country? How do we even have a country if the president of the United States is not going to abide by that simple rule? The founders knew. The founders knew that if a foreign government was trying to influence our election, they would be doing it for their own purposes, not for our purposes. That is why since time immemorial, America. We have always lived by the rule that campaigns cannot take information from foreign governments or from foreign people for that matter. And the Republicans are saying, well, the Democrats took took information from Christopher Steele in that dirty dossier. Very different. Let me explain the difference. First of all, the Republicans, when they hired Fusion GPS, which then in turn hired Christopher Steele, were doing traditional research on their opponent, Donald Trump, at the time. And it was a Republican. It was Marco Rubio, I think. might have been Ted Cruz. I don't know, but it was somebody. They never talk about that part. They hired Christopher Steele. Not the other way around. They were paying him to go do a job. And by the way, It was Fusion GPS that was paying Christopher Steele. And Christopher Steele is not the Russian government. He's not the British government. He's a guy who had a job doing oppo research. Very different than the Russian government, like the email Don Jr. got, the Russian government wants to help your father. Come meet with us. And he said, if it's what you say it is, I love it. That's enough for me, America. Why isn't that enough for you? I, I, I see the polls every day that say, you know, 80% of Democrats believe impeachment is is, uh, is warranted. 10% of Republicans. But overall, it's about a 45-45 split. Maybe 50 against impeachment. 40 for it. I don't know what it's going to take. The president's sitting in the Oval Office behind the Resolute Desk acting like a mob boss. Talking about how snitching gets stitches. Remember how Republicans used to go nuts about that? I don't snitch. I'm not a snitch. I'm not going to call the FBI. Everybody would take it. No, everybody wouldn't take it. You would take it because you don't care about America, Mr. President. You care about yourself. All these people who think he's all America first. He's not America first. He's Trump first. America second. If that. Maybe America 10th. I don't really know. But I'm waiting for a critical mass of Republicans to stand up to this man. We heard some in the day after that interview talking about how wrong it was. Mitt Romney, even Lindsey Graham. But of course, then Lindsey Graham pivots to the Republican talking points about the Steele dossier. It's nonsense, America. The Steele dossier is very different than what's going on here. Very, very different. So here we are. You know, we've got an election coming up. We've got a president who, who uh, not only is not defending this country against foreign interference, seems to be inviting foreign interference in this uh, election. I mean, if you're a foreign country and you need to do business with Donald Trump and the, and the United States of America right now, wouldn't you try to dig up dirt on one of the president's opponents? Wouldn't that help you? get what you want out of the United States of America, you would interfere in this in this election rightfully or wrongfully. Uh, you know, they can make stuff up America. They can make stuff up and they will. They will make things up to gain favor with the president, to try to influence a deal that is benefiting their country, not ours. I mean, look at what he's doing with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia flattered this president early on in his presidency. It was the first foreign trip he made was to Saudi Arabia. They projected his image on one of their big hotels. And ever since they can do no wrong. Kim Jong-un in North Korea is basically lying to the president on a daily basis about their missile program, about their nuclear program. And the president, you know, he sends the president a nice letter once in a while saying how great he is and All is forgiven. And of course, the sheep that support this president won't stand up to him. Even the sheep, that job in the Constitution is to stand up to him. So I don't know where this leaves us. I don't know where this leaves us going into 2016. I don't know how the Democrats are going to capitalize on this. They seem to not be capitalizing on anything this president does. The debates are set. Gonna be interesting. Two nights of uh, knockdown, drag out fighting. And we'll see. We'll see where things go. But a couple of other things happened last week. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders gave a speech on democratic socialism, which I don't get. Doesn't sound like democratic socialism to me. It sounds like New Deal liberalism. I think it was a good speech in defense of New Deal liberalism. I don't know that I would call it a speech about democratic socialism. I don't know what the dif- difference. I mean, he, he talked about the New Deal and FDR. And, and let's be clear, America. It doesn't matter which Democrat comes out of the primary. I mean, it could be John Hickenlooper or Jay Inslee. Think of who's the furthest right in the spectrum of the Democratic Party primary right now. The Republicans are going to call that person a socialist, right? I mean, that's. let's just be clear right now. So Democrats might as well embrace whatever they want to embrace because the Republicans are going to call them a socialist. What Bernie did this week was give a great speech in defense of traditional liberalism in America, but somehow he says it's about democratic socialism, which it's not. Maybe he should stop calling himself a democratic socialist, which just confuses people. There is a time and a place to talk about socialism. And again, I'm not one of those people here saying that socialism is a bad thing. I think we have a lot of socialism in this country right now and people need to understand that that exists. Social Security has socialism in the name. Try cutting that, Republicans. Medicare, popular program, socialism. Roads, socialism. The Army, socialism. Should we get rid of all those things? No. So yeah, Bernie wants to expand health care to all Americans through single payer. And that is a socialist-like program. But it is not a huge leap from where we are. It doesn't require a new name. You could still be a capitalist and want to see universal health care. I'm sorry, I'm a capitalist who gets called a socialist every day on Twitter and in other mediums by people who are a lot worse at capitalism than I am. But yet they feel that they could call me a socialist because I want to see people have a chance in America. I don't want to see people... Breaking a leg and then going bankrupt as a result, someone getting sick and having to choose between eating and their meds. yeah I, I think in the richest country on earth, we should be able to figure this out like every other every other industrial power in this in this in this on this planet has and by the way, that was just me tripping over my words. it wasn't a miscue of my recording device <laughs> I mean every country on the planet. That has any kind of, so every Western country, plus China, plus Japan has figured this out. Why can't we? So I don't know what Bernie was doing this week. I mean, it was a good speech, but it wasn't, you know, there is a time and a place to educate people about what is the difference between socialism and what Republicans are scaring people with, which is really totalitarianism. Very different than socialism. They're trying to think make it seem like we're gonna be Venezuela or or you know the Soviet Union. No, that's totalitarianism. We might, you know, have a healthcare system a little bit more like Canada. I don't know if you've been to Canada. It's really nice. People are nice. I mean it's cold. Wouldn't want to live there in the winter. It's nice in the summer. Montreal is great in the summer. So I, I, you know, like I said, you know, Bernie. And, and again, I got Jordan Charity coming up. Who's a big Bernie supporter. Who really loved the speech, by the way. Let me, let me just give you a little preview. He loved the speech. He's a huge Bernie supporter. I, I mean, I don't think Bernie's the guy. Uh, and I'm not. And if he is the guy, I'm going to support him. I go back to this whole generational thing. I feel like the baby boomers have had their chance. And maybe we should be going for somebody other than a baby boomer. And that eliminates a lot of people in the field. And I'm not saying that if a baby boomer is the nominee, I I want anybody, I am one of those people who, if you ask me in a poll question, what's my number one priority for 2016 or to me, 2020, it's defeating Donald Trump. Because I, I do not believe we could have another four years of Donald Trump and still have a country. I mean, today, uh, he, over the weekend, he said that, you know, should his supporters demand it, he might consider uh, running for a, four, a third term, even though the Constitution doesn't allow that because what do Republicans care about the Constitution anymore? No, they're a cult. Let me be very clear. They're a cult. Donald Trump is a cult leader. They need to be defeated. So my number one priority is defeating it. Now, would I like to see somebody who's a Generation X or a millennial nominated for president? Yes, because I think the baby boomers got everything. They got everything they wanted, and I think they've destroyed this country, and they destroyed its politics, and it's time for us to get rid of as many of them as we can. Not all of them, but as many of them as we can to get out of office would be a great thing, and having another one as president is depressing to me. It's depressing to me that we handed it off to Gen X and Obama, and we handed it back to the baby boomers. It's the first time in our history that I recall that that's ever happened, so I don't know if Bernie's the guy. He's dropping in the polls. Elizabeth Warren passed him in the Emerson College poll last week. And this is a marathon. And as a guy who's run a marathon, I have run, run a marathon. Once you get passed in a marathon, you tend to not pass the person who passed you. And Elizabeth Warren just passed him because she's basically Bernie Sanders with a plan and not saying she's a socialist because she's not. And neither is he, by the way. I mean, he sold books. He used to be more of a socialist. When he was mayor of Burlington, Vermont, he did call for the nationalization of banks and other industries. That's socialism in a big way. He's not even calling for that anymore. He's calling for universal healthcare and free college. Okay, why is that socialism? Why is that any different than what we have now? That just makes what we have now better. And accessible to more people. And paid for in a way that's cheaper than what we the way we do it, now, especially in healthcare. I mean, a college thing we got to work out, right? But the healthcare stuff would make our costs go down for everyone, rich and poor. We pay 16% of our GDP, gross domestic product, in our healthcare costs in this country. The next closest country pays 9%. We are not getting 7% better results. In fact, we're getting worse results, especially if you don't have health insurance in this country. We're getting worse results. In fact, there's a great statistic uh, that that came out a couple years ago. If you make it to the age 62 in this country when you're eligible for Medicare, you have the longest life expectancy in the world. But but we have a shorter life expectancy because a lot of people don't make it to 62 to get that universal access to health care. That needs to change. So who's got the plan, right? You know, I, I come out here and I say, I'd like to see somebody other than a baby boomer, but the only person with a plan seems to be Elizabeth Warren, who is a baby boomer, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she's a baby boomer. I mean, I'd like to see Kamala or Corey or Hickenlooper or, or, or Mayor Pete. You know, these are people who are of a different generation that has ruined this country, right? I mean, I'm sorry. You know, if you're a baby boomer listening to me, uh, I'm sorry. You know, tweet at me at Christopher Hahn and tell me why I'm wrong. I'm I'm fine, you know, discussing it with you. But, um, But there's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence. I mean, this is the hippie generation. And look what they gave us when they actually, you know, cut their hair and shaved. Not 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 much, right? Not much. Everything costs more and you get less for it now. And that's not something that my generation did. That is something that that generation did. So that's something we've got to take with us to the polls. And that doesn't mean that if Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or any one of the other baby boomers running for president on the D-line become the nominee, then I am not going to come out here in full-throated support of. I I, I mean... I think it's hilarious that last week, Donald Trump was calling out Joe Biden's fitness. Physical fitness, by the way. Not fitness for office, his physical fitness. Take a look in the mirror, Mr. President. I mean, I remember you from the 80s when you were a svelte billionaire. You are not svelte anymore. All those buckets of KFC and Burger King have caught up to you, sir. You really shouldn't be calling out Joe Biden, who is who looks pretty fit for a guy in his 70s. Who's the same age as you, younger actually? Uh, I I think you need to um, I need I think you need to back off that rhetoric, and I think that not Joe Biden, but other people in this country need to call the president out for that nonsense. It's complete nonsense. His plan to get reelected president if Joe Biden, who's beating him in every poll, including his own internal polls, which were leaked, by the way. Um, His plan is to say Joe Biden doesn't have the stamina to be president. And then Joe Biden and this guy are going to stand next to each other on a debate stage. And the president is a freaking whale with fake hair and a fake tan. And Joe, yeah, he's got white hair, but he's physically fit. He looks like he could take me in a fight. Very physically fit. (laughs) It's amazing. And the Republican and not the Republicans, but the, the supporters of this president... They lap it up. They lap it up like it's truth. It's gotta stop, America. It's gotta stop. All right, so let's go to the interview. I got Jordan Sheridan joining me on the other side of the break. Uh, he's a great guy. Used to be with the Young Turks. Uh, he's at Jordan Sheridan on Twitter. He's got a great website called Status Coop. It's you know, look, it's to the left of me. It's very. Pro Bernie, um, Joe's—you know, Joe uh, Jordan's a millennial. He's a great guy. Uh, listen to the interview right after this. I'll be right back. Joining me right now, one of my favorite people, a guy who I've known since I started working in national television, Jordan Chariton. He is the founder and I guess CEO and creative voice. Behind Status Coup, it is a media news outlet. It's uh, mostly on YouTube and on the internet. You got to check them out at Jordan Chariton on Twitter. Jordan, and I go way back. Jordan, how you doing?
0: Hey, I'm good. How about you?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks for joining me today. I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, been a while since we talked. A lot going on in the news. I'm going to start with Bernie. Uh, I know you're a, a big Bernie guy. You you are a big supporter of Bernie. i maybe not a supporter. You covered him in 2016. You've said a lot. You've written a lot of things about him. I know you were on the campaign trail with him, and you, and you like him. And I think he's had a, a weird week. He gave that speech yesterday, that then got overshadowed by the president, you know, saying he'll take foreign intelligence no matter what. Uh, and then that's all anybody wanted to talk about. We would be talking about Bernie all night, but. Uh, that kind of got in the way, and he had some bad news in the polls earlier in the week. Looks like Elizabeth Warren has first pulled even with him, and in some polls, even ahead of him uh, in both Iowa and nationally. So I just want your take on what's the state of the status of the race and what his speech was about, and, and how you think that's going to be received.
0: Yeah, uh, my my original thought when I heard him uh, echoing FDR and a lot of these New Deal themes was kind of. Why didn't you do this in 2016? Yeah, I think it's a great I think it's a great message, um, particularly when you were only running against Hillary Clinton. Um, I thought this speech was good. I don't know if it was the right timing. Uh, it seemed a bit kind of random to do it now. Uh, yeah. but I thought it was a good I think it was a good speech. Um, I do think that Warren is rising. I, I'm not you know, I think the corporate the more corporate media uh, that I don't really reside in uh you know they're looking for anything that is negative about bernie so they look at one poll where warren is edging and slightly to mean oh bernie's falling uh there's no doubt she is rising yeah I, I look i look a little bit more closely at those uh rust belt states so you got wisconsin michigan pennsylvania and in those states uh it's really bernie and biden are are head-to-head beating donald trump by about the same
1: margin well you gotta get you got to get to those states right so the the yeah. way you get to those states if you're bernie sanders the way you win the election is to win iowa and new hampshire handily right or at yeah. least iowa you just got to win it new hampshire he's got to win handily um he well,
0: looks don't to get nevada california
1: yeah. yeah i think though but by the you know i really think that the way this race is shaping up with the calendar i think that iowa new hampshire and south carolina are the ball game i think if you're not a top two person in in at least one of those states, you're done. Right. right. Uh, and I think in Bernie's case, I think it's more important that he actually wins because there's some higher expectations for him having been the early front runner. Right? Same thing with Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden, the expectations are even higher than they are for Bernie. Uh, so I would be very I know that his campaign is concerned. I've talked to some people around his campaign that that poll um is concerning, and they are paying attention to it. And she is splitting that progressive vote from him because there is this progressive alternative, and she's a she speaks the language very well. I think she actually presents better than Bernie on the campaign trail. I, I just don't know if you're hearing the same thing.
0: Uh, no, I'm not. So I don't know uh, which sources you have. I know you're a big deal and everything. <laughs> however, I, however, um, I actually think, to me, the thing to watch is not necessarily Warren but I think when you look at these candidates that it's not clear if they're all going to make it to Iowa. Right, Uh, Beto, Mayor Pete, um, Cory Booker. I mean, at a certain point, you're going to run out of money because there's always so much. I mean, obviously Bernie isn't really looking for, you know, the same donor pool. as But all of these are kind of not just taking away from Bernie, but I mean, if, if some of these people weren't, you know, there to go uh, into Iowa, uh, you know, some of their support might go to um, Bernie. Some of it could go to Kamala Harris. Some of it, to me, I'm really watching Biden, who has slipped slightly over the last yeah. week or two, because uh, Biden reminds me a lot of Hillary Clinton. He's not that great of a campaigner. Uh, his speeches are a little flat to me. And it seems that he's running a campaign similar to Hillary Clinton, which is courting this non-existent moderate Democrat, which no longer exists uh, from everything I've seen. But, yeah, Bernie, I, I think it's a much different race. He's facing, you know, 15 candidates. And you do have Warren, who is striking a lot of the same. Oh, yeah. Was-
1: you have a lot of progressives in the race who are, you know, who have real progressive bona fides. And, and Warren's not the only one, right? A Kamala Harris definitely has some progressive well, bona fides.
0: I mean, let's let's not go crazy calling Kamala Harris the same type of progressive here. Well, I, mean, I think she's
1: speaking the same language. They've all adopted, you know, universal care, affordable college tuition, if not free college tuition. Um, you know, Elizabeth Warren's plan is very good. I was talking about it last week on the show. I, I, I'm still paying back my student loan and I graduated from law school 20 years ago, 20 years ago right. this week, I'm still paying $500 a month for another 10 years uh, right. on it. And I won't qualify for her plan. And I, I think that's good. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good enough that I can, I'm well enough off that I could pay that back. I, I wish that plan existed the first 10 years of my career, but right. it is what it is. To me,
0: to me, the most important polls are after these first two debates, because really, yes. I mean, you're going to have two debates. If you're lucky as for all of these candidates, you might get one or two chances to have a, a real breakthrough moment. And, you know, when I look at debates, I, I think Warren presents really well, but I think Bernie also does. Biden, to me, seems defensive when he's challenged.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think the debates are going to be a problem for Biden more than anybody else. Yes. I agree with you on that. I, do. uh, so I also I think don't think—I I think it's going to be a tough for Bernie— because I don't think he's going to stand out as much, right? I just don't think that Bernie stands out from the field. Like, he stood out. Like, he was clearly different from Hillary Clinton. There was a clear difference between Bernie and Hillary. There isn't as clear a difference between Bernie and Buttigieg and Harris and and, 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 and others on the core issues that are important to Democratic voters.
0: Um, I don't agree with that because most of these candidates, Mayor Pete is not. Specifically for Medicare for all, Kamala Harris said she was for Medicare for all, and then kind of was like hemming and hawing. Well, you know, I'm for the idea of it, but you know, I'm open to different things. Bernie's really the only one who has concretely said I'm for Medicare for all. Oh, Elizabeth uh,
1: Warren is for Medicaid for all. Mayor Pete's for Medicare. Yeah. Mayor Pete says he's for Medicare for all who wants it, which I think is a very electable way to say it.
0: Well, Medi- Pete, Mayor Pete also said, you know, about my values are more important than policy. I think the Mayor Pete thing is more of a media, uh, you know. Uh, a media creation that there's not a lot of there there and I don't oh I I don't know
1: about that I think I think that Mayor Pete look I'm not I don't support any candidate right I'm I'm a media guy I don't support any candidate I, I I'm I'm for a fair and honest debate and, uh, you know, I obviously don't want Trump to win. So, you know, whoever comes out of the primary, and I'm one of those people who say, whoever comes out of the primary is the most electable person because that person won the primary. And if they can't win this year after winning the primary, everybody knows who the opponent is. They, we know it's going to be Trump. We know Trump is the president and he needs to be beaten. So whoever wins the primary. So if it's Bernie, you know, God bless him. If it's Kamala Harris, God bless her. Uh, and I just hope that the Bernie, I hope that Bernie this time, if he does lose... And I, I got to tell you, you know, my looking at the polls right now and this could change after the debate. I don't think he's going to be the nominee based on what I'm seeing in the polling right now. Just because he's getting split up too much and and this is a marathon and I've run marathons in my life, you know this about me. When you get past in a marathon, you tend to not pass the person past you ever again.
0: Yeah, but I also think you're uh, pundits who often go with narrative rather than the nuts and bolts are missing a few things number one i'm not saying this is a bernie supporter i'm saying this just as brass Tax. this man has one point now 1.2 million volunteers i got it um this none of the other camp- campaigns have an email list like him starting from 2016 have the boots on the ground. We know that's how Obama... He has
1: unlimited money, too, because he's got all these people who've donated to him in $20 chunks that are giving him $20 a month, and he's going to raise whatever he needs to raise, and he can stick around for a long time. The question is, so let's say he loses Iowa, and then he comes in third in New Hampshire, which would be unthinkable, right? And then he's he's got no chance in South Carolina... And, and now he's sitting there not having haven't won a state and we've got Super Tuesday coming up and, you know, Super Tuesday is going to be really early this year. It's the first week in March. Right. It's, it's a month after Iowa. Uh, does he drop out after Super Tuesday? Is he done if he loses those races or is he going to do what he did in 2016 and keep the race going, you know, well into June and then come into the convention, you know, and, and kind of make noise at the convention? No, I don't think he dropped out because
0: as you know, I mean this is based on pledged delegates, so he could come in, you know, second place by a little bit in New Hampshire and still come away with a good amount of delegates. So, right. that's more of, that's but he, more of the media. That's le- more of a media narrative. Well, he was if he, he was mathematically
1: el- eliminated in 2016 and he still went to California. He couldn't win. He wasn't right. going to win the nomination, but he still kept campaigning. And I get it; you know, it's hard to get off the stage. And he was he he had a lot of momentum, and I, and he really deserves credit for bringing the party to the left. You can't you can't deny him that credit. But there was not just, hey, that's
0: just bringing the party to the left. I mean, if you look at polls, you got fifty percent of Republicans in polls that support Medicare for all. You I got more and more Republicans supporting progressive legislation. That's why. I mean, look at him on Fox News. He went into the, the, the lines then. I mean, can you, ima- can you imagine on Fox News, the the host asked the audience, would you be okay with giving up your employer uh, health insurance for Medicare for all? Before he could even get out the question, every single hand was up. I know. Yes,
1: I, I mean, Look, his, his town hall on Fox News should be a lesson to all the other candidates. They should go do town halls on Fox News. I got to tell you, man. I've been running into people on fo- who who recognize me from Fox News who do not fit the narrative that we are told about Fox News. A lot of African-American oh. women stopping me in the street telling me they've seen me on Fox News, which is really odd to me. Um, oh, I thought they just liked your bald head. No, they like my bald head. You know, it's it's fun. <laughs> it, you know how it is. I don't need to tell you, Jordan. You know, here's a little dirty <laughs> secret about Jordan Chardon. Am I allowed to tell this? Jordan Sheridan used to work at Fox News. That's where we met. Yep and and Uh jordan was my biggest supporter there that's why i love you to death and i'll never even even if we disagree politically i'll always love you and we don't really disagree politically um you know but uh you know the drill they say the same thing to me every time they meet me we love you don't agree with you but we love you (laughs) it's right you know they're mean on twitter but not in real life in real life nobody's ever mean to me
0: to me the unknowns of this number one i think you know Biden has a long record, so Biden. There might be some things that that come out o- over the next few months that he, his lead shrinks, and who does who does his voters go to? Is it Warren? Is it Kamala? Is it Bernie? There's another element which you're not going to like me saying this because some people say, "Oh, you know, you're conspiracy theorists." I mean, I've read most of the national polls. A lot of them over are oversampling older voters. That's not Biden is definitely in the lead. I'm not saying he's not. Yep. But when you look at Emerson, for example, Emerson is one of the polls that does a, a near even distribution as far as age. And when they've done closer, you know, 53 percent of those they polled were over the age of 50. Forty six percent were under the age of 50. Bernie's only down eight points in, in, in those polls. Yeah, it's that's not. Well, an, I, you CNN, know. CNN barely polls enough people under the age of 40. So um, I just think it's I, a little I, over,
1: overrated, overstated. I just think, I mean, out. I'm looking at the Des Moines registry poll, which is almost yeah. never wrong. Okay. I, I, have yeah, yeah, yeah. watched that poll. I think that poll had, had Bernie, you know, within one point of Hillary and what happened in Iowa. I mean, it was, a, it was a tie for all intents and purposes, right? Last year. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the poll is pretty good. And the poll this week showed Bernie dropped eight points in Iowa and Biden dropped four. And Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris were the primary beneficiaries of those drops. So it's, it's, uh, all I'm saying is people are getting to know the candidates in Iowa. They don't know, they know, they know Biden and they know Bernie. Those are the two names they know. And now that they're getting to know Warren and other candidates, you're starting to see people like those candidates. And I think that Iowa has outweighed importance in this election because California really starts voting the same day as the Iowa caucuses. Early voting starts the same day; the election's 30 days later. You know, you can't. I don't think you could be the the nominee in this in this party without winning Iowa or New Hampshire.
0: I was about to say, I think if Bernie has a shot, he has to win one.
1: Of those. Yeah, um, he, he's got to win one, and, and it would be devastating if he lost New Hampshire. I mean, I think he could get away with losing Iowa. But New Hampshire, because he won New Hampshire with such a huge victory in 2016, the optics of losing New Hampshire this year, even if he loses it by a point, is just going to be very bad for him uh, going forward.
0: we'll, we'll also see, because another wild card is the DNC is changing their um, – they've been changing the measurement for um, – uh, getting into later debates so you right. might be seeing the field wh- whittle down from 20 <laughs> for the first two debates to you know a more manageable number which gives uh we remember the republican clown call
1: yeah i do I-
0: which gives bernie bernie or or warren a little bit more breathing room to distinguish themselves i personally uh, if you i would put my money down right now that by iowa I, I don't know if Beto O'Rourke is going to make it that I far. don't think I Beto don't
1: O'Rourke's going to be in the election in Iowa. I think he's going to be running for Senate. I also because think John Hickenlooper so. will be running for Senate. Um, you know, there are other people who will be running for Senate that are just like, I got nothing to do for a year. Let me and run for I, president. I
0: also don't know, is Kirsten Gillibrand going to have the money to continue this campaign or the polling? I, I, I don't want to be embarrassed by then. Same thing for Cory Booker. Right. They're right. not rising. Cory so Booker
1: is an interesting case. I think Cory Booker, sure Cory Booker is Cory the kind of, Uh, a candidate that will do well in an Iowa and New Hampshire with the retail politics. He's a very good retail politician. I don't know that 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 Gillibrand has that and has the ability to kind of carry on there. You might start to see Corey register in some of these polls a little bit better than he's been doing right now. I'm a little surprised by how badly he's been doing right now.
0: Uh, I don't think we're in a political moment, uh, you know, that running on a message of love is going to get it done. Yeah, I I think. I think he's better on talk shows than he than he is. In, uh, <laughs> but listen, I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I also think Warren is is benefiting from the fact that there there are a good amount of progressives that between Bernie and uh, Warren, it's not so much they like Warren's policies better, but he's younger. And she's not that much factor.
1: younger. She's only a couple years younger. She's she's like sixty nine. No, no, no. He's what seventy three. So, he's 77 He's 77 He, I didn't, uh, so he, he I looks good believe, for 77 <laughs> I don't right. believe he's 69 I could be wrong but so. I, got, uh, I only got about three minutes left with you I want to go back to the speech room By the way, I'm talking to Jordan Sheridan uh, You know him He's been on my show a million times Great guy He's got a great uh, website status Coup Where he does a lot of reporting A lot of uh, commentary Check it out He's got a YouTube channel uh, Formerly the Young Turks You know, been all over news Great guy Smart guy Uh, Let's just spend like two more minutes just talking about uh, the speech, you know, and and the conversation in this country about what is democratic socialism. The conservatives want to make it out to be totalitarianism and communism, which it's not. Right.
0: I think that uh, Bernie Sanders, honestly, you could call it a ham sandwich. The key word there is economic bill of rights. That is the takeaway that I took because that is a very popular message right it's not like all it's not like all of a sudden this anti-establishment fervor from 2016 is just gone and, and and a lot of the more establishment democrats are getting it wrong that you know we could pick up some of trump's voters they're they're moderate right no they actually were lured to trump because he was selling a lot of hair hot air on progressive yeah. uh, populism he
1: was which he didn't about. deliver on
0: oh of course not Right so, and and now he's openly calling for you know foreign countries to rig the election. Amazing. So, um, it, it you know I think that I think Bernie needs to talk less as far as socialism because he's not going to change the country's view on socialism in the next eighteen months. And talk more about you know uh, econo- economic economic rights uh, to you know a uh, uh, livable wage, uh, health care is a right things like that because those are popular messages. We already talked about the polls that are crossing over to Republican support. Um, and if he does that, I, I think Bernie has a chance. He also has an army of young people that are ready and willing to come out. He you know? does. I, I think that, you know, listen, the media, it, it's not subtle. I mean, it's almost like Politico, The New York Times, The Washington Post have a conference call on I, Monday I, and I, just split, split up the hit pieces on Jordan,
1: me. I love you. I don't agree with you on that. I just think I think that uh, I, I think that it's the, the nature of the beast. Politics ain't beanbag. And when you're near the top, you're going to get hit. Biden got hit. Bernie's going well, to get hit. Trump's there, going to get hit.
0: There's being hit. And then there's Politico doing pieces, calling him a cheap Jew with money.
1: Well, I don't attention. like that at all. You know, my you know where I, I stand. At. All right, right, Jordan, I got 20 seconds left with you. This goes too quick. Uh, what do you want people <laughs> to know?
0: Uh, I'm on 5 o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday, that youtube.com slash that is cool. We are the anti-Trump zone. So we actually cover what's going on unrelated to uh, the reality TV president. Jordan Chariton, so you,
1: you are the man, and I really do appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much. We'll see you real soon. Thank you, Jordan. That's my interview with Jordan. Great guy. Big time supporter of Bernie. I mean, we don't agree on everything, but I love Jordan. I love his energy. I love that he's out there fighting that fight. I think we need more people like Jordan. And I just hope, you know, it's just my hope that people like Jordan, and I'm sure Jordan will will get this, but not everybody will. Whoever the nominee is, we need to beat Trump. That's it. There could be none of this infighting we had in 2016, which led to this man being elected. It has to be about Trump. All right, stick around. I'll be right back. All right. Back to wrap things up. Well, I guess, you know, uh, every week I say this, but it seems like every week is a consequential week in this country, and I'm sure this week will be no different. Trump will be on stage with Mike Pence, relaunching his campaign. And by the way, Mike Pence, I don't think you make it all the way to the election. I know you're going to be on signs this week with the president. You're not making it to the election. The man is a TV producer. And nothing would be better for ratings at that convention than for him to dump you and pick Nikki Haley. So that's what's going to happen. Maybe not Nikki Haley, but you getting dumped is inevitable with this guy. Remember, he's not loyal to anybody but himself. And especially, man, if the Democrats have an open convention and everybody's watching and hanging on every word of that convention and the ratings are through the roof. This guy's going to need to do something big. He's going to need a big special guest star. (laughs) A new cast member. That's what this is all about to him. Omarosa returns. No, it's going to be Nikki Haley. Which, by the way, politically makes a lot of sense, too. She's sensible. She wasn't destroyed by being in this administration. She's a woman. She's fantastic. I worry about Nikki Haley in the future. So uh, get ready, Mike. Enjoy your couple of months on the campaign uh, and then get ready to be secretary of something. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to make you. You know, maybe secretary of state, but you're not going to be vice president anymore. Those days are over. You're done. Over. Sorry. Put a marker on it, America. You heard it here first. Well, you probably heard me say it a million other times. I, I said it on TV, but if this is the first time you've heard me say it, save this episode and send it to your friends so that i could become, you know, noteworthy on apple itunes. Even though i'm on television every single night in front of millions of people, i haven't become noteworthy yet on apple itunes. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't think fox viewers are, are 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 loving my podcast and i've got to reach more progressives because they like it. I mean, my numbers keep getting bigger every week, and I really do appreciate every single one of you who are listening to me right now. Every single one of you matter. Just tell some friends. Get me some down. I mean, it's free. It's entertaining if it's nothing else, I hope. So anyway, I got to remind you as always to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me, but especially the president of the United States and everything you read on the internet and see on television. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look hard enough for it. I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to Aggressive Progressive with Chris Hahn.